0: welcome this week's guest has been writing stories since she was little growing up in new south wales she's an author of over 25 kids books including best-selling picture book series humankind and errol she has been long listed for cbca awards and shortlisted for the australian book design awards her book Persistence was highly commended in the Australian Education Publishing Awards. And Humankind book series was voted the best picture book series by book Stagan. I hope I've pronounced that right. Her books are published in over 20 foreign territories. She also runs a picture book course online each year. And if that wasn't enough, teachers picture book and chapter books at the Australian Writers' Centre, offers private mentoring, and travels to schools and festivals across Australia, helping creatives achieve their writing dreams. Welcome, Zanny Louise. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks, Claire. so lovely to be here. No, that's cool, that's cool. Uh, Look, hey, tell us about your journey and how you came to write children's books.
1: Well, um, I guess I've always been a storyteller or writer of sorts. So when I was growing up in Inverell, which is in Western New South Wales, spent a lot of time just meandering our property, telling myself stories, had a whole bunch of characters who lived in my imagination, but were kind of so real, I can still remember exactly who they were and what they look like and all of that. And was always, wow. you know, typing stories for people people and giving them to people. Um, But I was sort of never, I never aspired to be a writer and author. It wasn't a job I kind of thought about. Like I always wanted, you know, I did want it to be the typical things like a you know, a lawyer or a police person or, I don't know, teacher, something like that. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so when I had kids of my own, well, before I had kids, I was studied art history, worked in an art gallery. So I was always in the creative arts sector, I guess. And then uh, when I got pregnant, we moved up to northern New South Wales and, um, And I knew I had to think a little bit outside the box in terms of getting a job because I could have got an art gallery job maybe, but there wasn't a lot around. Uh, So I I was doing some writing work, writing um, educational type material um, for tertiary education. Um, And, you know, just was writing a lot, I guess. And that combined with reading a lot to kids and just spending a lot of time around kids' books definitely uh ignited my love again of storytelling and suddenly going oh hang on I'd really like to write a book myself how do you do that um so I started to research do courses all of that sort of stuff well yeah that was what I was going to mm. say
0: to you like how like like we all that apparently and I'm not sure um, I should google this I'm not sure who's said it but every so um somebody out there in the ether uh, well-known probably said everyone has a book in them right everyone has a book in them it's just about whether you can actually be asked to sit down and write it right and children's book to me when I sit there right I look at children and children's books seem so simple but
1: they're not are they they're like quite yeah it. it- it's 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 not nothing No, <laughs> just as writing a podcast, or you know, I always think yeah. it it does amaze me. I think that people think that, and I used to work in the art gallery too, where people would see some sort of stripes on a canvas and think, "Oh, well, I could do that," or oh, "My kid could do that." And and when you work in the industry, you're like, yeah, no, <laughs> it doesn't actually work like that. You know, there's a lot a lot that exactly goes into right. it. And so, just like that, a picture book is far more complex, and there's a lot more to it. And if anyone tried to get published you'll definitely know no it's not that simple like there's firstly most publishers aren't open for submission and even if they are they're taking hundreds of submissions a year so for your story to kind of come out on top of the slush pile like it's a bit of luck and good timing but it also has to be well crafted and there is a lot involved and so I always say to people the first thing you need to do is to read a lot of picture books and contemporary picture books not the picture books you grew up with because things date and things move along culture moves fast so you Definitely need to know what's in the market right now, this year, and you need to know what's out there and you need to know what's selling. So, you know, I did my research. I spent a lot of time in bookshops. I spent time in libraries. I did courses. And I had a blog, and and because I at that time publishers were saying, yeah, have a blog. Um, so I was just blogging about parenting <laughs> yeah. stuff, and and I got so into that, I, I almost lost sight of writing a book. I was just loving the blogging stuff, just sharing stories and having people read them and giving you their feedback at that very moment, and building a little community around it, and writing yeah. regularly. And so through that time, I made a connection with. Um, who, someone who turned out to be a children's book publisher. I didn't know it at the time. It just sort of happened later that she told me. And and when she told me that, I thought, oh, that's exciting. I didn't. I just stored it in the back of my mind. But she actually contacted me and said, um, "Would you?" Because I said on my blog, I'd like to write children's books. So she reached out to me and said, oh, have you got anything I'd like to read it?" Because I like your style of writing and all of that. So yeah. So that's kind of how wow. it happened for me. So, okay,
0: so which is great. Look, tell us, because I love some of your book series that you've got, right? So tell us a bit about your book series, because you've got Humankind, which is an awesome series of books that covers off various different things about
1: humans, really. It's about, yeah, being human. Yeah, that's exactly it. So so I guess the question was um, what makes us human and um, the starting point for that series was um, all of those books which are about achievements, you know, strong women, all that sort of wonderful wave yeah. of books that are happening in the last five or so years on the back of those um goodnight stories for rebel girls like their wave of that enormous success where suddenly everyone was like oh yeah there's not enough stories about strong women and that's true so there was a rectification and but there were lots of books about achievement and um so I had a discussion with my publisher and we were saying um yeah but what happens before achievement you know what is what is the process what is the journey and actually is achievement everything what about resilience what about honesty what about values and because in schools values are taught um and there was a time when values were taught in a more formal way there's a lot of sort of uh, more religious books I suppose teaching you values based off but it's a bit twee and it's a bit like oh don't tell me how to be a good person you know I don't think anyone wants to hear that so that well and all
0: but also that was that that's life has moved on from the religious side hmm. of things. And, and like, you know, we have so many religious, you know, hmm. cultures um, out there. Um, me personally, I don't really believe in anything, but who knows that may change, you know, because people, you know, move and change, you know, their views change and things like that. And things happen to them in their lives, which means that things change. But um, so, yeah, look, I completely agree with you. I mean, like a religious book for me, would be a good story but would turn me off from teaching me anything mm-hmm. basically because I'd just go,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah good story. I, but. I think the fact is most people don't like being taught anything through a book Like it's very rare that you sit down and go, "Hmm, I'd like to learn, I'd like to learn something, like how to be honest. You know, I wouldn't do that and I'm an adult and the kids certainly won't do that. Like they're very, very uh, clear about the fact that, you know, what the purpose of a book is and they want entertainment and, you know, joy and warmth and connection. So I I did struggle at first to work out how I was going to do this in a way that sat comfortably with me Um, coming from that, Point of view, um, and the way in was um, going into my girls' uh, classroom. So they went to a very small school. So there was 35 kids in the whole school. So I sat down with the whole school, and I asked them, "Can you? What do you guys think about honesty? Why do you think honesty is important?" What? And all of a sudden, they just sat up and they wanted to tell me everything. And they had so many wonderful little anecdotes. And I totally changed my thinking about honesty based on that conversation because I, you know, I was sort of stuck in this sort of not lying idea but honesty is so much more than that and the kids really and and really what they were saying was you know I tell the truth because I don't like the feeling of when I tell a lie and and I feel oh, and, yeah, wow. and, and I don't like how it feels in my body like it makes me feel a bit sick and things like that and I was not thinking like that and so I suddenly understood how I needed to tell the story so I do tell that um series of so if a book is called Humankind Honesty, then it's there's five characters in every book. They're the same characters in every book. And they all have kind of a discussion about what it means to them. And all of those anecdotes are based on pretty much real-life kids, uh, things they've told me. Wow.
0: Okay. So that's great because you're getting a feedback from the kids and then putting it into a book so that you can teach other
1: kids yeah. Um, about what honesty means to other children, basically. Exactly. And it's about connection, but it's also about a conversation starter because I always ask the question, what does honesty mean to you? Um, And, and I leave the kids with that question and then I also have little interviews with real life adults so librarians and teachers and different people who different paramedics and and I ask them what does honesty mean to you and they tell the kids as well well there was once a time that I this is why I chose to be honest um and then there's also at the very back there are actual sort of more teaching resources which are more for the parents and the um, teachers, I suppose, which is uh, actually it's written by a psychologist, a child psychologist, and oh, okay. she, she gives you really, really good kind of um, strategies and talking about the value um, in a bit more of a kind of um useful way I suppose a bit more Mm. of a resource way rather than on my end of the book which is much more about sort of engaging kids and connecting with kids and hoping to open up a conversation with kids and parents
0: and I love and I love the pattern notes because like obviously I I sit and I read to my son every night well nearly every night uh, apart from movie night which we have on a Friday um and um so I do, and I get him to start, he's starting to read the books that we're reading as well. Um, but the parent notes are really handy at the back because they just give tips and hints of how you can use the book to help your child, basically, which is great. Um, and your books, like the Humankind books, are they geared towards any particular age
1: yeah. As such. well, it's interesting because, I mean, most picture books are geared towards that four to seven-year-old bracket, but, you know, what you usually find is that they're being read to younger kids. And what I found really interesting was, yeah, I'm hearing from parents of younger kids, they really love them, but I'm also hearing from parents of much older kids. And even I heard completely incidentally um, met a psychologist at a thing, school function, and we just somehow connected the dots that I'm the writer of those books that she uses oh, in her wow. practice. Oh, wow. Okay. And she said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you wrote those because I use them for my 22-year-old clients, you know. So, they. she said they're useful for all ages, which yeah. I found really interesting. So, the characters themselves are sort of school, early school age, but, you know, they... Hopefully, appeal. They're deliberately written in a way that doesn't talk down to kids, but hopefully written in a way that will still connect with young kids. And you know, you can engage with a story on any level. I think.
0: And look, and you, and like, you have loads of books. Like, if people go to your <laughs> website, uh, which is www.zannylouise.com, isn't it? Did mm-hmm. I get that right? It is a .com, great. isn't it? Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. If they go I mean, there's loads of books there, and I love them. I, um, I love your little penguin character. I can't think of his name. <laughs> Errol, his name? Errol <laughs> er- that's right. Errol, yeah. Yeah. I love him. He's great. And um, But then you've also got – so it's, you've also got Tiggy and yeah. the magic
1: paintbrush. So yeah. is Tiggy geared towards, like – older children yeah kind of so more like uh, you call them early readers um so they would be early primary school so they're for they're designed for kids who are just starting to learn to read themselves so they're like seven six seven eight yeah nine sort of thing yeah exactly um Probably, yeah, on the younger end. Um, the stories, I mean, the character herself has just started school. Um, so that's usually an indication of how old the book is for, because usually you read to your age. Yeah, like I haven't it. I haven't investigated the Tiggy and the Magic Paintbrush mm. yet. The other ones I have, but
0: the Tiggy ones I haven't. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. The tiggy, so the
1: Tiggy ones are more stories. Like, humankind is, I call them well being books, whereas Tiggy books are actual stories. So they're yes. narrative stories. And it is a series but I still feel like a lot of those values are still in there. Like um, she's a very creative child. Every book is about her solving a problem. So she always starts with magic and and the magic always goes wrong and she ends up having to solve it in a bit more of a resourceful way, sort of through being imaginative or kind or whatever the kind of thing is. Yeah. Yeah. And like
0: writing Writing books like Humankind and then writing more of the story books like Tiggy, mm. um, do you approach
1: them differently? Mm, very differently, yeah. So the Tiggy books, I mean I approach every project I do very differently. Um, I don't really have one set rule book for how I write things. Um, so sometimes, you know, it comes purely out of my imagination like Errol, which is just a very, for me that just, came out of my imagination almost fully formed, I got up and actually drew that story rather than wrote it because it's not actually many words. It's more of a bit of a play really. Um, And, yeah, so where with Tiggy, you know, it took me many years to kind of formulate that. Like I had to sort of I wrote many, many versions I had the character, I think, more or less, and then I sort of wrote many, many versions of a story of her having something that solved a problem. It used to be a 3D printing machine, (laughs) and then it changed over over the years to a paintbrush. And do you
0: like, and because Tiggy is more of a character thing, do you actually build and write Yeah. Tiggy as a character what Tiggy would think about and who she what she looks like and who you know yeah. do you write her
1: do you write like a character description about well, Tiggy? that's kind or? of the, what I teach my students to do because usually in a workshop setting that's sort of a practical thing you can do with people whereas in real what I actually do is not that like I, I probably I do that somewhere in my subconscious or my imagination but it's not actually a a step I sit down and do unless I'm writing a much more of a longer fiction so I have started to write novels I've got my first novel coming out next year and that one I probably spend a bit more time developing the character a bit more formally because I guess you've just got a lot more depth that you're going to have to cover Um, and you need to know your characters a bit better
0: yeah. yeah whereas with the, uh, yeah okay then that's fair enough i suppose yeah no that's fine and and like you mentioned that you teach people to write books
1: yeah So that's a big part of what I do. So I think there's not many kind of full-time authors in Australia who just write. I mean, there's probably a handful of very, you know, best-selling authors who do, that's all they do. Most of us also do things like teach or do school visits. So I go into schools, I teach kids to write, but I also teach adults to write. So um, for many years, I've been teaching through the Australian Writers Center, um, but oh, I also okay. run my, yeah, do a bit more of my own courses and things now, do some yes. mentoring, um so I help people individually, but I also have courses online um, which I teach. And
0: you can get all of those from your website again. Yeah, um, yep. Www. Yep. That's <laughs> no, that's cool. okay, okay, that's fair enough. That's fine. And um, like you mentioned that you, you know, go and go to schools and stuff like that, and present in schools and things. Like, do you sit and actually read the story, or do you? What What do you like? Because you, you said you teach the kids to write right. as well.
1: Yeah, so that's a big part of what I do. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's usually like multifaceted, and it depends on the age group of the kids and the number of kids you're mm. gonna have. So yeah, some often I'll do school presentations so that will involve you know half an hour of me um a little bit of reading but actually more perform the book so say with Errol it is a bit more like a play so I get a kid up on stage and we act it out um and then I also um I I ask them questions. So for me, it's always about engaging the kids. So I am always getting the kids thinking and engaging. And then I get them to come up with a story and I help them through the process. So I kind of teach them story structure and character development, but I do it in a a fun way, which is sort of engages them. Um, But then I also often will do breakout workshops where I'll sit with say 30 kids or one of the classes and we'll spend an hour together actually developing their own story. So they'll have their own little books and I'll teach them the process and they'll write something and I'll just encourage them through it. But I also do um every fortnight I through a, a organization called Storyboard which is part of um Byron Writers Festival. I teach a little writing class in the Lismore library oh, um nice. which is really lovely because I have the same group of kids coming back year after year and we've r- developed a beautiful relationship and they um they do their own stories, but I give them activities and yeah. Yeah,
0: guide them through it. Yeah. No, which I think is awesome because like um I have to say English was not my subject. I was more of a maths person. Um but I love I love reading and all of that stuff. So I don't think I'm ever gonna produce a book unless somebody ghostwrites <laughs> for me. But um but it's interesting because if you've got a child who loves doing that sort of thing and writing and and sort of producing that, then it's great to actually encourage them by going to see somebody like yourself who has done it and Mm. has got books out there to help them to actually uh, encourage them to actually, um, you know, pursue Mm. something that they love, which is brilliant. Have have you had any surprises from the kids that you've actually dealt with um
1: and sort of story-wise as, as, uh, I mean sorry cuz I'm putting you on the spot now No 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 I think every uh I mean I always say I've met thousands of kids and I've worked with thousands of kids and I'm the surprise I suppose every time is that every single story is different every oh, single wow. story is wonderful and yeah. I can't tell you how many wonderful ideas are out there and they're usually the best ones from kids because they're a bit more um fresh like they're, yes. they're less hampered by their experiences yeah. um, and and their confidence so they have confidence and they have joy and that's where you need to be I think as an adult to create things so for a kid they're there um so the ideas are just fantastic um and so, anything's possible isn't it with it when totally. you're a kid oh, yeah, they don't have, you know, the limitations we have. So uh, I my job, I think, is just to um, give them some tools but mainly to guide their confidence. And so the loveliest thing that comes out of it every single time, I've never done a workshop which isn't 100% satisfying because I'll start and there'll be a most or half the kids will be a bit ambivalent about writing and books, and by the end, pretty much hundred percent will love it. You know, and it's it's really for me, it's about giving them, um, helping them realize that it's about telling your own story in the way you want, rather than doing it for an exam or for a mark or something like that. It's about you know, because if you want to write a script for a YouTube, um, you know, whatever. Uh, that's cool and and so I always give them that um permission and I always encourage them and so you know I'll have one I had this really lovely situation once where there was a boy who you know he'd never written anything before he had no confidence like you were saying in writing he would probably more of the maths boy um and he wrote this thing and he just it just came out from nowhere uh, and it was, yeah, basically it was sort of in this real YouTube voice and he probably thought, oh, no, she's not going to like it because it's, you know, it's like video games or something. And yeah. it was fantastic. And I just said to him, this is so original and just so brilliant and thank you. And you just should have seen his face and the teacher's yes. face too. She, yeah. she came up to me later. She said, thank you so much for validating that kid, you know, because they don't. They, for the, sometimes it's the first time they ever see themselves in that way.
0: Yeah. Yes. No, exactly. Exactly. And like, okay. so if we wanted to, uh, I'm talking to all the listeners, talking for all the listeners as well as myself. If we wanted to encourage our children to get creative and to explore at least writing stories and my son's six, going to be seven soon. How do we, Mm -hmm. is there anything that we can do to get them to start to write like a paragraph or a story or generate a story what are there any tips you can give us to sort of
1: get them to do that For sure. Um, Well, one of the best things I think is just regular, what we call free writing. So um, when I go to schools, I can tell immediately if a classroom does free writing or not based Mm -hmm. on the confidence of the writers um, and also the quality of the writing. So there's every now and then there's a school which has a teacher who loves writing themselves or values it in some way. Um, And they have the kids every Friday or maybe every day doing a five or 10 minute free writing, which is basically them with an empty journal. doesn't have to be anything special. Um, and they just get to write about whatever they want for five minutes. And it's all about just keeping their hand moving on the page. So, you know, they might think, Oh, no one will like this. This is not good, but yeah. that's not the point. Um, no one has to read it. So I do you think that's really important to give a kid permission to write for no one other than themselves? Uh, and of, mostly what happens is they want to share it because they're actually quite proud of themselves. Going, oh, wow. I wrote a page. So the, I think that's really important. One thing I often do is take the kids outside. So if it's a fine day, you know, put a mat outside under a tree because just shifting out away from the desk into a less formal environment just helps loosen up the creativity. Validating them, so I don't give kids um, any negative feedback ever. Um, I always. I'm I'm constructive, but I or more than anything I validate them, and I always say, "Oh, I love the way you did this. I love this. Oh, this is so cool." Because that I think is the most important thing is just giving them confidence, and the spelling and the grammar and all of that will come later. Mm. So I, I agree, I yeah. agree. Because at six, it's about telling
0: them they're awesome and getting encouraging them to do That's things. Yeah. And if they continue to do it, like you said, all of
1: it comes later. Data. And and if they're interested and they will pick up that stuff through reading. So, mm. you know, obviously like some kids are better, more interested in reading than others um, and that's fine. You know, we live in a house of books but my girls mainly read graphic novels and and I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. um, and so they're always reading graphic novels but they are absorbing, they're absorbing story and they're absorbing um Grammar and and spelling actually incidentally through that anyway. So yeah. I think it's a lot about um, encouraging kids in their own direction. So if your kid's really into Star Wars or whatever, that's great. You know, let them go for that. Like that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Oscar's into um bad guys at the moment. So we've Love got it. like. He's done really well. His reading's gone through the roof. He's got um, above grades in his school reports, which is great. So I've got him the box set, basically. And so we'll encourage him to read and do all of that stuff. So it's cool. Follow
1: their interests, yeah. And other than do because you know I was quite academic I love my A pluses and all of that but I have to be really careful not to put that on my kids because that's not what it's about you know it's about them finding their own thing you know so
0: being happy and stuff like that exactly exactly right you know exactly right I think Oscar's more around the money side of things which is why <laughs> Matt is like in his butt pay so yeah. look I look thank you so much for joining us on the podcast I know like you're you're always you're, like famous. But also right it was busy busy (laughs) schedule right and I know you've got another meeting to go to so like one final question if you could have a superpower what would it be oh you've already got a superpower oh
1: no I was going to tell you my actual superpower is that I can fill up a a jar every single time you know when you have like a um, bag of nuts or something like that and you have to put it into a jar yeah. Every single time it fills a jar up to the top. Doesn't matter what the volume is, what the amount of. I don't know why. Every time I just. You can just you gauge know. it. I don't, yeah, just automatically, it's weird.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> but, annoying because I can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's no, no, no nuts on the death. Anyway, uh, but my if I had to pick a superpower, I suppose I don't know. I was trying to think what it would be, but I absolutely hate conflict. Um, like it's it's the word Yeah, <laughs> I'm frightened of it. I'm terrible at it. But I suppose it would be to be able to resolve any conflict just with a. So if if it's world conflict or just interpersonal conflict, can't stand it, but if I could just go, oh, it's gone.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, especially in the world that we're living in today. I mean, Mm. that's just, it's horrendous. It's horrendous at the moment. Look, thank you so much for giving us half an hour of your time to come and join and come on board and talk to us about, one, about your books, about yourself, and then, you know, if anyone wants to encourage their children to write books, because I think anything that encourages kids to be creative and to get – off the ipads and off tv <laughs> is awesome Absolutely. and um yeah no i definitely will be using some of those hips tips, tips hips and tips and <laughs> tips <laughs> <I'm> and <laughs> tips um with oscar because i'm trying desperately to get him to write and do sentences and start to create stuff so yeah um, that's brilliant awesome look thank you so much thanks Claire. have a it's great day fun. have a yeah, great day too. yeah
1: <laughs> thanks so much to you later Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong Single and Human podcast.